0: We'll have the land We'll I have hunt one. the rent. We'll have to the We'll have to rob the
1: We'll have the land We'll have the rent.
0: a clip of ritual road by amanda bahia welcome to the queer arabs podcast this is alia and ellie and we are the queer arabs i'm saudi american and a lesbian
2: i'm bi trans lebanese and we're recording in houston and
0: cleveland hey thank you so much for being here amanda hey what's up hey um so we have amanda bahia on who is this awesome musician i'm really excited to talk about their upcoming projects and um just like whatever else comes up amanda can you tell everyone a little about yourself your background and what you do music wise and
2: yeah why are you so cool
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now I'm based in Cleveland, but I am originally from Nashville, Tennessee. My family on my dad's side is Palestinian. Yeah, I kinda, I grew up in this really like musical, creative family. My mom was an artist and my dad, a musician. So like. Oh, cool. Yeah, doing like music and visual arts together mm-hmm. always kind of made sense for me. I came up to Cleveland for school a few years back and I've been here since just trying to you know make art and music and whatnot (laughs) yeah
0: well that's awesome like what kind of art did your or do your parents do specifically so you said your dad's a musician and your mom's an artist
1: yeah well he used my dad he used to write his own songs but uh now he just plays other people like in cover bands just for fun and like his his job is selling rugs uh my mom went to school for interior design and then I I went to school for illustration so yeah all the graphics and stuff and some of the posters that i've done for some of my shows i made myself oh that's
0: awesome and then um so just so you know everyone we're recording this on february 1st but this is gonna publish as you will find out on february 15th can you tell everyone
1: what's Mm -hmm. happening on february 15th today when people are listening (laughs) yes so i am having a tape release in. Hey, and I'm releasing it with this really awesome queer-run tape label from Nashville called Banana Tapes. And that's really exciting. They're coming up to bring the tapes and also um, one of my really, really good friends involved with the tape labels band is playing for the show as well as Fauna, who I believe you guys had. Yes,
0: it's all coming together.
1: (laughs) Shout out to Ayn. Hey, Ayn. Yeah, and then I'm also, it's going to be like a different kind of show because um, after this show, it's actually going to be my last one in Ohio for a minute because after that show, I'm going to get ready to go overseas and travel for a little bit. Since it's going to be my last one, I decided to make it a little different. Uh. Like, it'll be some, like, drag performance done by my friend Uh who has a really cool drag persona And uh, I'm also going to have some friends read tarot cards. It's just going to be like a big party with like music and fun stuff. <laughs>
0: oh, why can't we be there, Ellie? Come on. We connect with such amazing people. and We always want to go to their things. And why can't we be everywhere? That sounds incredible. Um,
1: so for people in the area, what time will it be? Or is
2: this private?
1: Yeah, no, it's totally public. Um, it's going to be um, at a venue called May Halls in the locker room for the people that are local. They'll know what that means. And it's going to start probably around 830 or nine. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Yay! Can you tell everyone about the new release? Yeah, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> February 15th. <laughs> today, I am releasing some new music on an EP that I call Yala. And this is music that I've been working on for- for almost two years. When I was in school like you know I was getting my degree in art and so I focused a lot on on that for you know the couple years that I was in school and then once I got out I kind of fell back into playing music again and sort of discovering like a new sound that was also like familiar to some things that I had been experimenting with before Mm -hmm. I started school or even when I was like, in my earlier years of school. Like, I remember in high school, I used to do, like, spoken word workshops and, like, poetry and stuff. My freshman or sophomore year of college, I took some, like, sound art classes and started making more, like, experimental ambient stuff. And in, like, recent years, I got really into hip-hop and and rap and was really inspired by a lot of female rap artists. I have had a really big, like, Princess Nokia phase, and I really, like, Maybe Scott N C, Missy Elliott, Rhapsody. There's this really good SoundCloud artist from St. Louis called Pink Caravan, who's like Ooh. she's like a wordsmith to the to the max. Like I love her. Ooh, I'll check her out. But yeah, yeah, so like the project started off as this like experimental hip hop influenced with like a bit of like spoken word from like from way back. Yeah. In there. A lot of the stuff that I write about has to do with like my identity as a queer woman also as Palestinian. Pretty much that whole experience
0: and i bet living in nashville had some influence
1: oh yeah no yeah for sure yeah it's crazy because like when i when i grew up there i feel like there wasn't a whole lot of access to certain spaces that there are now like growing up there was i mean there was music obviously but it's it's either very centered around like country music yeah you don't say (laughs) but Yeah. yeah You know, it was either that or just, like, punky garage bands with, like, dudes playing, like, super grungy guitars. Like, that was cool, but, you know, growing up, it was like there just wasn't a whole lot of variety. In recent years, since I've been going back, like, there's been a massive influx of, like, people, like, moving there. And, like, the people that have, like, moved there and started cultivating, like, new scenes. It's actually, like, way more diverse than it used to be. There's this really great collective that I've been like indirectly affiliated with called Hyacinth House. And uh, that's run by these two girls named Jess and Eve. And they have really cool like electronic projects. Like Jess does Dream Chambers and Eve is Eve Moret. They do a really cool thing with Hyacinth House where they have these workshops centered around electronic music, getting more women and people of color, queer people, like a space to express themselves and like play shows and yeah, they it's, it's really awesome. And I really wish that something like that existed when I was younger, uh, but I'm glad it's there now.
0: I know that seems to be a running theme. I wish this had been here since I was younger. Crap, I need to like help start this
2: thing. I blame the internet. I, I don't think like anyone really realized there was such a need for like all of this diverse, the diversity in scene growing up. So growing up, um, I was always very nerdy. I kind of liked hip hop, but I was never like the gangster was really the big thing.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: Mm -hmm. I was like, I have no context or real interest in that, but it sounds nice. (laughs) Then with the proliferation of the internet came nerdcore hip hop.
1: Yeah, (laughs) right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, No, it's crazy how it's like, there's so many different sub genres of music and like, it's kind of difficult for me to completely like label what I am. I mean, like when people ask me like the kind of music that I do, it's it's just like, I don't know if I wanna really, I mean, like that that might just be me and my like ego just being like, I don't know if I can like label my own music or you know, but like, it's it's kind of, it's hard when you're just kind of like creating something just because it feels right and what you need to be doing. Yeah. and. It's, like i'm just like putting it out i'm just shouting into the void and it's like you can call it whatever you want i don't care
0: <laughs> when i've listened to your music i the first word that comes to mind is dreamy and ethereal it's Beautiful. And I don't, I wouldn't know how to label that either. I get it, even from a listener standpoint. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. What elements of your, if any, like of your identity have played into your style?
1: With the new music that's coming out, I feel like it definitely centers around my ethnic background being Mm -hmm. Arab and also having like the queer identity in like the other hand and sort of like talking a lot about my relationships with other people, um, not necessarily like at this point, I, I try to not be like gender specific because I've had yeah. relationships with like a lot of different people and not just like men or women yeah yeah so a, a goal of mine especially when I talk about like previous relationships in my music or experiences I've had with other people is to just kind of be like gender non-specific because that way I feel like it reaches like like an audience of you know it could be about like anyone to anybody yeah. you know with my Arab identity that's been something that I, you know, I kind of have been, I've been discovering over the years kind of on and off and like Mm -hmm. revisiting because it's like, it's always been a part of me being Palestinian and, but it's always kind of been this part of me that I feel like has been sheathed or, or just like, I don't know, like, would you
2: you say your art is actually helping you discover your uh, identity as part Palestinian?
1: For sure. Yeah, it has been. Yeah. And (laughs) yeah, like writing about You know, my political views on the subject matter and, you know, how it relates back to me and my family and everything has been really like healing, Uh, especially with, yeah, what I'm about to release and stuff because, you know, the EP's name is uh, Yala Mm -hmm. and the reason why I chose Yala is because like listening to some like previous uh episodes of your podcast it's been really comforting to know that like i'm (laughs) i kind of feel like growing up i was like one of the only arab kids that didn't grow up speaking arabic or like Mm -hmm. really being yeah enveloped in the culture yeah so like yeah so like listening back to some of the previous episodes and like learning, like, oh, there are other, like, people that also had this similar experience where they don't feel as connected to their culture. And that stuff, that was definitely a case for me. Growing up, I didn't learn Arabic, and I only knew, like, a few Arabic words, because sometimes my family would incorporate them in, like, conversation, like, and the one that I remember the most was yalla. That's a
0: great word.
1: Yeah, and it always, it really resonated with me and it really stuck with me and it's, yeah, and it's a really great, I mean like people use it not just to be like, come on, hurry up. It's like, it's a very malleable term and so like, the one song yalla that's named after the EP yalla, there's a few lines in it where I'm saying all I can tell you is yalla, all that they told me was yalla. That's basically like how I've always felt about like, not really knowing the language, just being like, yeah, that's the only word that I know. (laughs) And that's the only one that they've told me. And then there's more political stuff that's tied to it. But I mean, that's that's a whole other conversation. But that's like the core meaning behind that. So So
2: what really drove you to to explore the unidentity more aside from the start? Did you like feel disconnected from sort of like, I don't know, like the assimilated Arab identity that we I guess are our parents all pushed us towards? Or what was up with that?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There's always been that in my family. I mean, even before uh, 1948, you know, when all of that happened, Israel, I mean, my grandma growing up, you know, she would get like mistaken a lot for being Jewish, which is always really funny, because I also get mistaken for being Jewish sometimes. And I don't really always know how to take it. That's the wrong Semite, but you're
2: kind of... Clear. You know what? It's like, I'll, it's like, I'll take it. Yeah,
1: like I don't know. Yeah,
0: I got the note. I get confused for being Jewish all the time. And my first thought is like, Okay, it's close enough.
1: I'll take it. (laughs) But yeah, so going back to my grandma, she grew up in like a really rural mountain y area of Tennessee, like a couple hours away from Nashville and Knoxville. And, you know, she was first gen. Like and I, I, I interviewed her one time for a project about and she kind of talked about how growing up she identified more as being just American and sort of just rejecting that part of her. And even if people would like ask her like, Hey, what are you? <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. A lot of the she would just say she was Egyptian because it was quote unquote, the less bad arrow. Oh Person, and I always like thought that was really messed up and sad, but uh, yeah,
2: but I get why she did because in the 40s and 50s and such, the films at the time really romanticized the sort of like Arab, like the Egyptian mystique. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: So, I mean, even still, yeah, it's it's really silly, but no, I mean, I understand why, but I don't always like agree with the sentiment. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, because of that assimilation that's just been there always, it, it is definitely like pushed me to embrace this part of me a lot more so than many of my family members do.
0: I guess especially when immigration is involved, that, that feeling seems to skip a generation or even two. Eventually a generation comes along like us and we want to know more and we want to feel connected again. And especially if we know that our even our own parents like have this really strong connection to a place or to a culture, Mm -hmm. yeah it's like okay that wasn't that long ago and (laughs) I want to know what my parents' experienced or you know, what was such a big part of their life and still is. I, I feel like it's really natural to to want that, and but I at the same time I understand the struggle, like with Ellie's parents moving from Lebanon and how they they uh,
2: wanted me very strongly to assimilate, and they so they didn't talk, so they tried not to talk politics. They, t- they didn't teach me Arabic intentionally. Yeah. Blah blah blah. See, every other episode we've talked about this.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's really sad, but I know they had their reasons that they were they thought it was the best thing for you at the time but yeah. it's it is sad we don't get the language for example
1: yeah looking back on it it's like even my dad especially had a really tough time like post 9-11 you know he sort of like became this person that like i i noticed even when i was younger like he became this much more like patriotic all-american like yada 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 like he even (laughs) even got this ridiculous american flag like oh
2: my god yours too
1: i was like ellie this sounds like deja vu (laughs) no way
0: yeah
2: yeah he Uh, had
1: it special ordered this American flag rug that he has hanging in his office. No, okay, that's a step further. It's ridiculous. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean,
0: <laughs> I know it's it's a defense, it was a defense mechanism for yeah. people. Um, I um, get it, but like,
1: yeah. I just, I, some- I mean, there's
2: defense mechanism and there's like- And then there's like- And so, it's like, like my father, like long time socialist campaigned a lot in Lebanon and did all this stuff in college and suddenly he's a flag-waving American red-blooded American and he is interviewing to do translations for the FBI. Dang. I'm like
0: whoa I did not know about all this. (laughs) Thankfully rejected. Can we
1: keep this in the episode? Sure. (laughs) Okay just making sure.
2: (laughs) I'm just glad somebody else is Parents freaked out like that. I, I don't feel so weird about it now.
1: <laughs> and I mean, it's appropriate, too, because my dad sells rugs. So it was just like, oh, well, when customers come in, then, you know, they won't think I'm bad or whatever. I don't know. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, he had a really tough time because, like, he lost, like, some friends. He had people, like, emailing him and calling him, saying, like, you know, F you and Ramallah. Mm. And he even got put on this list for whenever he would, like, go to the airport for questioning mm. and stuff. And yeah, he like got a letter in the mail saying like, you're gonna be subject to questioning because you're an Arab American. And yeah, he went through a really ridiculous time, you know, like seeing how he is now. And then, I mean, yeah, like I get it. One thing that happened recently that made me super happy though, was me and my brother were down in our basement looking for something. And then we just kind of happened upon this tape that he my dad recorded in the 90s of songs that he wrote all about Palestine it was a whole tape and it was like 1990 oh. it's the 1990 Palestine mix and we listened to it and it was like that's it was
0: incredible there. I hope you yes. always figure
1: out a way to preserve that that's amazing put it on bandcamp
2: or youtube or something
1: no yeah I kept it. I'm gonna do something with it we'll see I- yeah <laughs> I the internet like I don't think my dad would ever find it or I don't even know if he would care or not but yeah no I mean I still have the tape it's very dear to my heart (laughs) yeah
0: and yeah, hopefully you can preserve it digitally some way like for yourself or even just for yourself or in the future that sounds that's that's amazing that gives me chills I mean just
1: (laughs) yeah and one thing that you know also made me really happy was knowing that I I have this connection with my dad musically where we're both I, I think he was around my age when he wrote those songs maybe a little older but like it's very comforting to know that we have this like connection through music you know writing about the things that we're like passionate about and you know want people to know about and talk about and stuff so that was cool
0: oh that's so powerful i experienced a big part of my reconnecting to my arab side um through music as well because i am a musician i played with this Middle Eastern band uh, a few years ago and stuck with them for a couple years. Through that I learned so many of the traditional songs and then also I got to be really good friends with the leader of the band who's this Syrian guy in his 70s and he has written so many amazing pieces and I think music is such a powerful way to reconnect with what we haven't had growing up and what Maybe like our parents either, for whatever reason, like didn't keep us connected to or maybe for our own protection or because they didn't think it was important. It's nice to have that. For sure, yeah. (laughs) And and for you to have it, you're dad's songs like his original songs it's amazing
1: yeah no for sure i definitely when i like keeping in mind like a lot of the stuff that i've experienced even like not even being like fully arabic it's like i've i even experienced my own discrimination i never thought like i would experience you know being younger my parents would tell me like, oh, don't tell people you're Arabic, don't tell people you're Palestinian, you know, this and that, because, you know, I had, like, a lot of questions about my name being, like, my middle name being Bahia, and also, like, a part of my artist's name, Amanda Bahia, and, you know, like, it's my great-grandmother's name, you know, I would ask, like, where are they from, like, who are, you know, who are these people, and I've always had, like, a really deep fascination with my great-grandmother, and, like, who she is, and the connections that I have, to her and like whenever you know they would tell me about this part they would always mention like but again don't tell people
0: you're
1: Arabic just don't do it okay and so one day this was like I was 14 or 13 at the time I yeah. was with a friend and she was asking me about my middle name because it just got brought up somehow and I was like oh yeah it's my great-grandmother's name and mm-hmm. uh, we were Palestinian on my dad's side and somehow like her older redneck brother overheard okay. of. oh no into the room and was like you're a palestinian like not even knowing what that means and i'm just like yeah and he starts like screaming at me like that i'm a terrorist and al-qaeda and this and that and then it just clicked in my brain like oh, oh my God. He told me not to tell anybody and yeah. like after that you know i i kind of had my own personal, like, I gotta hide this sort of mentality for a while, up until I think maybe I was, like, 18 or 19 years old and started writing about it more on and off, and, and yeah, so, like, since it's resurfaced within the last, like, three years, I've just been, like, (laughs) just, like, on the internet just every, almost every day just, like, Palestine! Like,
2: Like I'm
0: done I'm done being subtle about this or quiet about this.
1: It's over. It's over for me. (laughs) Like this is on. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Do you think you've run out of people to tell yet? Or like because my Facebook like my personal (laughs) Facebook, it's like Y'all know already know what I'm about.
1: (laughs) I don't know yet. Um (laughs) (laughs) find out. But yeah, I mean like most of my close friends are they're just like, Yeah, we know you, like we get it, but I haven't run into a lot of people that have tried to, like, fight me about it. I'm not really that- I'm not that active on the internet. I'm on, like, Instagram primarily, and that's- that's Mm. pretty much it. No one's really trying to fight you on Instagram.
0: (laughs) I know, Instagram's the nice, the fluffy and nicer social media- I think yeah. like Twitter can be really brutal, and Instagram is like so much nicer
1: and more positive. No, for sure, yeah. and yeah, I mean, like I started a Twitter literally just so I can like sh- shit post all day, and then, yes, like, that's <laughs> yeah, what no Ellie did knows. too. <laughs> Who I am on there, and pretty much everyone that follows me is all like, yeah, we are with you and i'm like that's great but like somebody fight me <laughs> kinda like, i kind of just want to fight with a stranger just to get some like anger out yes you're like
0: where are these internet fights that i keep hearing about yeah where are the trolls at i don't know <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: like, i have my answers saved up for you all
2: <laughs> it's like i've been planning these replies in my head for years i need to use them come on <laughs> come at
0: me <laughs> that's hilarious
2: but you know, then I actually get on Twitter and I follow these leftists and artists and I'm like, well, shit, I can't fight any of these guys. These guys are cool.
0: I know. You're like, wait, I'm preaching
1: to the choir here.
2: Right. Yeah. It's, just
1: like-
2: it's like, and I'm not going to follow the Donald's fucking Twitter. So, no,
1: no I, I, uh, I can't even like give my time to that anymore. It's or I don't even think. Yeah, yeah. I never did to begin with. <laughs> I used to check his Twitter just because
0: I was like. I need to know what fucked up, what is being said and stuff.
1: But I... Like, um, is in there? I don't worry anymore. Yeah. I just... <laughs> yeah.
2: It's like, what are we going to check? Oh, it's still a disaster. Yep, it's a disaster.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> whatever um, is on there, I mean, we'll see it posted somewhere else. And I don't actively go to his Twitter anymore. So yeah, I on the other hand,
2: uh, Ocasio-Cortez's Twitter just gives me so much hope and life. It's like, shit, we should elect more bartenders from New York.
1: Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) Fuck yeah.
2: So if you're a leftist bartender in New York, please fucking run for office wherever you are. I need more of you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's interesting talking to a lot of people of our generation, a lot of people who are Arab but live either in the US or somewhere else, how their lives have been impacted and so altered by 9-11 and how it seems like such a common pattern where we really shut down after that happened for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, We learned to be ashamed of that part of us and then we eventually get tired of feeling that way and we kind of do a 180 we're
1: like
0: shit i have so much inside of me that needs to come out finally feeling able to talk about it yeah for real (laughs) yeah um so can you describe a little bit about the track yalla i know know you talked about you talked about the name so with
1: writing it it started off just a lot of like my lyrics or raps or whatever uh they kind of start off just as like free writes or poems Something that I've been doing uh lately.
0: Oh, oh.
1: we're on video with Amanda
0: and we this kitty oh my god, their kitty just came and is it's on
1: beautiful. their lap.
0: Oh my god,
1: I love but, okay uh, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so back to my yeah, my writing. So yeah, they a lot of the times they start out as like free writes or like little poems. And what I've been doing a lot lately is like taking um lyrics from like a poem or like a song that I wrote maybe like three months prior and that I maybe didn't like or could like reword and just kinda like recycle. Um <laughs> I will just recycle some of the best verses and yeah put them in a new format or like a new song yeah the song yellow just came from like a lot of different places that like just a lot of different things that I was writing at the time and uh yeah like it it talks about like in the beginning of the song it's kind of like I don't need other people to be who I am or judge me you know for who I am or what I am being queer and Arabic and whatnot. And it goes into like some political stuff, how I talked about before reclaiming like that cultural identity and sort of saying like, this is, this is what I am. This is, this is how it is. You know, also saying that, you know, it's kind of time for those of us who have been oppressed by just everything Politically and just in every, just in any way, like whether you're oppressed as like a person of color or a woman or a queer person, it's like it's it's our time now and like yella, like get on.
2: <laughs> you know, it's never a bad time to topple an empire. Just saying. yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Spoiler alert, everyone. We're gonna put part of part of this track um, as the outro to this episode. Where can where can people listen
1: to the full track? You can find it on soundcloud and I also put up a bandcamp where you can also buy the tape if you want to that also has a down that's going to have a download code I think it's going to be linked to banana tapes page which as I said before is the tape label releasing it off of um so yeah that's where it's available right now do you have any other projects coming up uh no not at the moment right now I've just been fully committed to this project for the last like year and a half or so yeah and when i go overseas i'm just gonna be like i might i might be like taking like a like a short hiatus just from like writing songs and trying to it's like a never-ending like flux with like what i do because it's like sometimes i feel more like visually stimulated and wanting to like paint or draw and then sometimes sure. like write sometimes I just want to play music on my little synth and it's like (laughs) it's like a never-ending like cycle of just like what am I gonna do today but I kind of have a goal to just sort of get back drawing for myself when I'm traveling around and yeah (laughs) do you know where you're going where all you're gonna go yeah I'm gonna be uh I'll mainly be based in Paris for like three months staying with a friend yeah, and then I'm gonna be going over to the UK to visit some people. And actually, I have a gig at an art festival in Glasgow. Are you guys familiar with Dardishi? They're great. They're this—it's this, it's this uh, online zine, and they're putting together this like art festival. I reached out to them a while back, and they asked me to come out and play at their festival. And I was just like, yeah, I'll be overseas anyway, Hi. so. Yeah, that'll be exciting. That um, worked
2: out. Yeah.
1: Yes. Okay, Dartish. Okay, I just had yeah, to. They're awesome. Yeah, I definitely support them. Donate to their GoFundMe page. <laughs> oh, good to know. And then I might go over to some like Eastern Eastern European countries just for the heck of it. Um, but yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why not? Like, right. They're, Everything's they're... so
0: close once yeah. you're on that <laughs> continent. That's unlike here. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, unlike here. Oh, that's awesome. And then you did the art, you did the cover art for Yellow, right?
1: Yes, I did. Yeah.
0: Can you describe it to people? Yeah. Yeah, you
2: know, like, we're going to, we're playing this, like, they aren't going to just go immediately go click on this and check it well, out. Well,
0: still, I just want to hear how it came about and stuff.
2: Okay, I guess for the lazy fight people.
0: <laughs> no, I want to hear more about how it came about, okay, okay. not just...
1: Yeah, so the imagery came from this symbol that I saw in like some research I was doing like I, I had this job where I was a an aftercare teacher at a school it has this like very unique curriculum that I actually grew up going to like a school kind of like this and like it's a very like free form kind of like education it's called Waldorf education and um, it really like influenced and inspired me when I was younger um, going to that kind of school and it's like it's a really like in-depth complex philosophy behind the curriculum but um Mm -hmm. i was sort of like revisiting that part of me because when i got the job at the school i was like oh yeah i'm gonna be like around these this community again and like i want to sort of like get back into this and Mm -hmm. i was doing this research and i found this symbol called like the 12 senses and it's like this circle with like another circle in it and then like four arrows And inside of this, the first circle, there's these different words that are supposed to describe the senses, like touch and taste, vision, ego, like just all these like different words. And so um, I started drawing different symbols to relate back to the words for the senses, just took the original symbol and then like put my own images with it uh and they basically just kind of all describe like senses that relate back to like my personality
0: that's so cool it's a complex and almost versatile symbol just the name Yala is very versatile (laughs) right yeah it works yeah it really works together yeah and then is there any any way that people can connect with you online like where can people call you like instagram or anywhere else or is it just just instagram
1: mostly yeah just mostly instagram right now and then like if you want to follow my twitter you can it's at bahia 93 i i post some music stuff on there it's mo- but it's mostly if you just want to like watch me be angry it's <laughs> um there's also, i mean i also have facebook it's just my you know, my name amanda bahia if you want to email me about booking a show that is at almanac uh dot speaks at gmail.com Awesome. that is all the portals you can find me in
0: <laughs> we'll post all of
1: this you all
0: can follow us on instagram twitter facebook the queer arabs uh, we also have an email the at gmail.com and then ahmed our other co-host has the arabic side of the podcast and you can contact him if you speak arabic or you know of a potential guest that he could have on um Queer Arabs in arabic at gmail.com please follow amanda i'm so excited this is coming out it kind of we didn't even really plan it this way it just kind of worked out that this episode is falling on the same day as the release yeah. so it's just it's just really serendipitous because we already had two guests lined up and then i was like hey is february 15th okay and amanda said actually yeah it <laughs> <she does." laughs> the same yeah. day
1: oh, Is really? if you're in cleveland you're gonna you want to see me one last time <laughs> yes
0: yeah. go see amanda's show um i think i've seen we that we've had yeah we have some listeners in ohio i've seen from our stats so hopefully you're on cleveland mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> also yeah. shout out to our ohio peeps
0: hey ohio peeps
2: Woo-hoo. yeah somebody remembered ohio outside of an election year <laughs> <laughs> i <don't>
0: know <laughs> That's how it is where I'm from too, the state I'm from. It's like in the Midwest. No one ever remembers it. Anyway, so thank you so much, Amanda. This was this was so much fun. Yeah, and thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing your music with all of us. It makes everyone else's life better too. Um, oh, I hope. To, like I said, I think music is a really way to connect with a lot of parts of ourselves that we have learned to suppress for various reasons so
2: i mean basically that's what our podcast is for us (laughs)
1: yeah yeah. it's another version i'm really glad you guys exist oh thank you for existing yay yeah like in the email like we need more platforms like this just yeah It's,
0: (laughs) it's been so great because we've Yeah, just the people we've gotten to talk to. It's just, it blows my mind. Like People are willing to talk to us. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, thank you all for listening. And either check out Amanda's show or check out the, at least the track online. Bye everyone.